Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the she in success. Sheeful. I think we did it. Full. I think we put it in there. That is. I heard it. That's the kind of energy I wanted (laughs) to be brought to this. My name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And um, did I send you that Toy Story meme? Yes. Okay, I did. I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure I sent that to you. Yeah. Because it agreed with me mm-hmm. about the Toy Story ranking, yeah. but it's it's coming up again because that whole Buzz Lightyear movie is coming out. Right. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be out. I'm not going to see the movie, which I'm sad about. But How come? Because they put a gay kiss in it. <gasps> oh, you didn't know? Oh, no. Yeah. There's a. There's I had a, heard about some gayness, but... Yeah. I well, did they not took realize there was an actual. So okay, they took originally it was in the film, and then they took it out. I mean, regardless, with when it comes to that kind of stuff, I would definitely watch it before I ever right. like, showed it to Georgia. Right. But if that's in there, then that's yeah, not something we're gonna. I'm why why oh so they took it out and then a bunch of employees got upset that they took it out and they put why it back in. Why does Buzz Lightyear have to be gay? Can I just ask? Well, that? no, I mean, I know not it's not Buzz. him. Yeah, yeah. But like, why does he have to? Because everyone has to be gay. No, it's <laughs> not possible because I, my assumption is, is that, <laughs> that, that Buzz Lightyear is a futuristic character mm-hmm. and somebody has to have kids. So not everyone can be gay. <laughs> Just be gay. Because people still have to keep having kids for there to be Mm-mm. a future Buzz Lightyear no. flying around into space. <laughs> no. Everyone's got to be gay. Anyway, it's funny because in China, they did not put it back in because that would not go over. So in, the in Arizona, market. can they not but put it back <laughs> I know. in? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, Can you release? I don't know. I, we're yeah, so friendly with China, but nobody wants to talk about that. Do they? Hmm. China. Anyway, did I say? Oh yeah, I did send you. Well, that what meme. a bummer. I know. Georgia Dor- calls him Muzz. 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 <laughs> Clem called him Buzz Lightyear. Oh. So whenever I think of him, I, I think love of their little like versions. Buzz Lightyear. That makes me so sad. I know. I know. Do you know what is a cute movie? What? I know it's not our recommendations episode, but oh. Georgia really has been enjoying it because we dropped our disney plus which normally we do like shortly into the new year we basically get it because there's a lot of christmas movies on it oh i see but obviously because of george's age we were having some fun showing her the movies that we liked yeah and yeah all that stuff including toy story of course um but so now we don't have disney plus yeah um and uh i mean technically we don't have uh, maybe I shouldn't share this with you guys, but anyway, it's on Netflix. Oh no. Um, 
which we also technically don't have that streaming service. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, mainly because this is the only movie that we want to watch on there. Um, but it's called um, The Mitchells versus The Machines. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's okay. just a... Cute. You know, watch yeah. it before you show it to your kids, of course. Please do. Yeah. But there's nothing from... I've, I've seen it now, I think, mm. twice. Okay. And I don't think there's anything inappropriate. But it has a... Um, I'm, I'm like trying to, it's so hard when you try to recommend a movie because I'm also, I'm like, there is this spectrum of people that are like, if it says, oh my gosh, in it, I don't want to watch it. And I don't want my kids to watch it. Yeah. Which I'm fine with because you're their parent. So I think you should decide. Yeah. But j just keep that in mind as I make this recommendation. Okay. Yeah. To, I don't think there's anything yeah. uh, bad in it. And actually I think it is a great story mm -hmm. about an intact family including mm. a mom and a dad what? and kids that's nice to see um who and i think that they're like any negative character traits they have the whole point of their like story is to yeah so like the point is they're not perfect but they progress they work through that and, right <laughs> and okay. so it's just not i don't think it's often mm. that you see stories with intact families nowadays no especially where the family like loves each other and is working together mm. and then especially there's like the main storyline is really between a dad and a daughter so yeah that's rare yeah but Georgia... i love to meet the robinsons for that reason okay yeah 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 yes great there movie. are a few really good ones out there mom dad totally in love yeah raising the kid raising the lots of kids mm -hmm. you know it was just yeah lovely but there's a song that plays right at the end of the Mitchells versus the machines. It might just be Mitchells versus the, I, that doesn't make sense though. Um, it won't be hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you most of it. Yeah. You can find it. Uh, but there's a song that's called on my way that the song that the movie like ends and then the, the end credits start. Yeah. And so Georgia calls the movie on my way. Oh, <laughs> That's cute. But she, so she, I love that. This morning she was like, Matthew was like, what's on my way? <laughs> I love that. We listened to the song a little bit too. She yeah. really likes the song. I anyway. think, um, I think filtering services are great. I think there's like so many movies and shows right. that I want my kids to like, I want to be able to have one of my, one of the best things I feel like my parents did growing up was they would take me to see movies and shows and we would actually like, discuss it and i know right. i've talked about this before and not in like a boring like okay everybody you enjoyed this film now write me an essay yeah give me a dissertation but just like uh everyone make a powerpoint yeah <laughs> though i think, I, I think pow family powerpoints can be fun family powerpoints can be fun that's <laughs> not the point the point is that like our your kid is never going to have a a healthy immune system to stories that they're being told. If they are never allowed to hear stories that have anything unsavory. Right. So for example, if the COVID panic, if, if COVID-19, if, if all of 2020 was made into a movie, you, it might be a PG 13 movie. Right. With some like scary things that happened yeah. and some like, adult themes but 
you, your kids need to know how to hear stories like that Mm -hmm. and how to respond. Yeah. And if they aren't, you're not giving them an immune system by which to even understand the world. You're all, all of us are living in the middle of a story. And so, you know, I was telling you a couple of weeks ago, like I have four kids that can consume media and they are all at different levels of who I would show what to because I, I know their immune system. Right. Like I know which kid is going to watch something and see disrespect towards parents. Right. Whereas another kid might see it and be like, that guy's cool. Yeah. Like one of them has a more functional Mm -hmm. immune system than the other. And that's something that we should be instilling in them. So anyway, when it comes to like movies and things like that, I think we do our kids a disservice. I'm not saying this is not a PSA to go take your kids to see. You said horrible movies. You said in case anyone's like trying to insert their own commentary here. You said when they're ready. Yeah, when they're like, ready. Not that they're or with a filter, a filtering right. service. Like you none of us need to see a nudity in film and create an immunity to that. We already have a natural God-given right. immunity yeah. to that that you don't need to expose your kids to. There's some certain things that none of it like none of us need to see a gay kiss. None of us. None of us need to see that. Exactly. Um but you know, movies like Braveheart and the Patriot. Right. And There's like stuff in there that's are important. Mm-hmm. And then I was even thinking about how just like so you can you can use these like filtering services and you can filter out whatever you want. Yeah. You can filter out bad language. Right. Now I would do that with all of my kids mm-hmm. right now. But when they're like 17, 18 years yeah. old, I wouldn't. And here's why. Not because, oh, let's all listen to bad language. It's so good for Once us. Once you're 17, you're allowed to curse. <laughs> Because they're going to leave the house right. and be around people that are using coarse language. Mm-hmm. And I need them to have an immune system. Right. I need them to have experienced it before. I need for them to see what it is and then be able to be around it Christianly. Right. And I am the one that's responsible for like training them in that. Yeah. Um, so I guess just a thought, like, because, you know, uh, I don't know if this is going to be true of my kids. (laughs) This is going to be a big generational gap here. But like when I was a teenager, I had a job and I worked with a lot of unbelievers and I'm just really grateful that my dad used story and real life and whatever. So that when I started having to be around unbelievers, more and Mm -hmm. on a regular basis and in closer quarters because we're actually like working together I wasn't like I I didn't uh crumble right I was able to like stand up and be around that and still love people that were unbelievers and were acting like it um because I wasn't just appalled I I knew This wasn't like an unveiling. It was like, yeah, I knew that they were going to talk this way. I knew they were going to act this way. I can still be here, love them, do my job. And And be appropriate. And not be swept away by it. I'm not like attracted to it. You know, like, I don't think that it's 
super cool. I mean, right. And that was the first time. What sometimes happens. Sometimes sometimes it's not discussed. Sometimes it's like this sort of like novelty. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Because I've never. This person's so cool and they use this language. I'm going to do that too. You know, like that's stuff that you just, you can't. And I, you know, I remember that was really a setting the first time that I had a close relationship with somebody who was gay. Uh-huh. And it was like, I I had been emotionally prepared. Well, I, I had been mentally prepared, but I just remember like, I genuinely loved and cared for this person. And I was also just like sad. Yeah. And I, I wanted, you know, anyway. I did that. I reached a point where I, I was sad about it, but I also spent a lot of time like, even though if you had straight up asked me as a teen, like, is this wrong? I probably, I would have been like, well, the Bible says it's wrong. So yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. At some point Mm -hmm. anyway, obviously there was a progression, but I was also swept away at the novelty of, Mm. but it wasn't just that it was a whole, it was the whole lifestyle in high school of kids just, saying whatever they wanted a lot of it's freedom like when you're Uh, it's when your kids are because you're offering this like support Mm -hmm. and it's when you yeah like how long how does does the mold that you've put into place stay when you move your hands back does everything just kind of like turn to go yeah. and become it's just almost free like and loose. We or... shouldn't be sending our teenagers to spend yeah. eight hours a day mm-hmm. with other kids yeah. their age that yeah. are not Christian and who right. hate who what... are being raised in very different yeah, households. It's almost like that's not what we should be doing. Right. Yeah, we st- we um I don't know, I think you just decide story by story. Yeah. And either Yeah, to bring it back, how do we get here? Right. It's either not <laughs> it it's either not something you need to be you need to have an immune system for cuz it's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um and there's no need Yeah, there's to, no there's no filter that's going to make this okay to And consume. you can explain it's explicit enough. Yeah. Like acts of actual intimacy are mm-hmm. explicit enough in and so that's it's very clear, but yeah. I don't know. I just like we stopped watching oh man it sometimes it bums me out mm-hmm. sometimes i'm like oh really we can't watch georgia mm-hmm. was not ready for bluey oh really she was not ready for bluey. i've never watched Bluey. So i actually I don't like know. that show because the family is fun okay and they're always having fun with each other yeah and i think sometimes um especially in the age of social media and phones i think sometimes mm. families are just always on their phones mm-hmm. and kind of kids are playing independently and then maybe for dinner time we all get together or whatever yeah. but i love that so i love that they're fun and always using their imaginations yeah um but bluey has a little bit of an attitude well she has like an over-the-top personality all she's right. definitely that like older daughter personality okay like and so you know Wait, the thing is bluey yeah is a girl yes uh-huh but she's a blue healer so she is blue so that's why her I name's Bluey. I thought Bluey was a boy. Like I said, I haven't seen it. I right. haven't had that age. Right. But like, but um, George is not old enough to, so like in the show even, they address her, like when she's being overbearing or she's talking over her little sister or whatever, like they address it. But George is not old enough to, to understand. So that. she started doing some of Bluey's stuff 
And I was like, oh, okay, well. Too bad. She's too Not little. doing that. <laughs> Gonna have to wait on that one. <laughs> yeah, and I, that, is, that is something that I will explain to my kids. I will be like, sometimes they'll ask to watch a show that has kind of been like passed off to them as totally innocuous. Right. It's meant for this age, so it should be fine. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want you hanging out with those kids. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes I know they're fictional. Sometimes there is a <laughs> there are stories. I think Harry Potter is totally an example of this where as the story the story grows. You have this long story that is 7 books long and he starts out as a little kid and it so like ends as an adult it's yeah. gonna even that one same thing yeah it's totally just i guess i don't you yeah know, the first three just, books are very different from the last four yeah, very dark it gets dark because the, the fifth one especially up. gets like yeah they're dealing with like yeah but yeah so i don't know i, to- I totally totally this is just a conversation where we talk about <sighs> how just... you're free to parent your kids and we talk about how please we parent your ours. children <laughs> consider um consider you know filtering um i think that you know sometimes you just need a good old fast forward and to move on you know if i was showing my kids braveheart we right. would we would have a, a moment of a fast forward and but yeah the filtering service appeals to me because then you don't have to you don't have to you right. already know what you don't have to being... worry about the right moment and yeah you know anyway but... so it's just a thought uh it's just a thought i'm putting out there and and like i said i do think it's important uh i love talking to my kids after we watch something mm-hmm. and kind of just talking about like okay this is what this character did and then evaluating it right what would you have done differently would you have done the same mm-hmm. what does this tell you about this person is this is the overall theme of this story telling us something right. like what is it exactly what is it what are what are they getting at and i just think it's super important anyway that you... we absolutely agree is important yes do that no matter what you're consuming <laughs> um you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475 uh, join our book club that lives at patreon.com slash sheologians and uh, sheologians.com is where you can hear all of our past present future episodes um, and you can support us there as well and what was I oh and we also have a store so you know we do get yourself a t-shirt mug uh, phone case tote bag sticker sticker apron apron we have cute aprons um, that's all at shopsheologians.com. Do we have anything else we need to tell them? I don't think so. Okay. Except for everything we're about to tell them. Yes. <laughs> all of that stuff. Okay. Um, we started talking about this a little bit in the last episode. Yeah. Which we didn't mean to. I have an example. Great. Of what we're talking about. Give it. I'm ready. Okay. So, yep. I want you to imagine mm. a farmer. Okay. He works his ground. He tends and harvests his crops. Farmers work He's hard. farming. He's doing that. He the- gets up early every day. Phew. He works every day. Yep. If something's broke, yep. he's the one fixing it. He knows the weather better than the weatherman. <laughs> he's doing the work. He's doing the work. <laughs> yes. Now imagine if he, like at the end of the season, he was like, 
just standing back looking at all of his work and his neighbor walked up and was like you sure are lucky to have all those peaches (laughs) (laughs) what do you think the farmer would say luck had nothing to do with it he would say that's ridiculous like there's nothing accidental about this whole thing like I just spent the last nine months (laughs) bleeding and sweating and crying into this ground (laughs) to grow all of this. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. (laughs) So, and this was kind of what I was talking about. Um, I brought it up a little bit and it's something I've been thinking about a lot because I just can't tell you how much this last year has revealed to me uh, personally in my own life and just in society as general in general that we we make excuses for everything mm-hmm. and that is a normal fl- it's it's part of the flesh the flesh excuses I mean y'all Adam did it first he was like nah not me it was the woman here's here's my excuse mm-hmm. right and that is such a knee-jerk reaction that has become a like caked in, baked in way, I think, that a lot of us view the world. And what I mean, I brought it up last week was just saying that a lot of times when you talk to people about a biblical principle or you will give counsel or you're talking to somebody and you're, you know, you're like, well, here's what the Bible says, like you should do and the response is like well here's several paragraphs on why um i'm an extra special case Mm -hmm. and it's extra hard for me and since it's extra hard for me there must be something else i should be doing right there Uh, must be some sort of exemption clause or right um i know god said to do this but my case is different because of all of these other or like me doing that might look different because of x y and z yes and uh at the end of the day another i think one of the causes of this is the victim mentality of our culture So being a victim of your circumstances is just, I think, I honestly believe is a standard operating procedure for most people. Yeah. Um, There's nothing I can do. And if I did what you did, it wouldn't work for me. And, um, you know, a very simple example of this is just how and and you know I think people aren't gonna love this example, but I think it it's very salient. Um, a lot of people do not read. A lot of Christians do not read the Bible, mm-hmm. and they say it's because they're busy. And the fact of the matter is, if you spent ten to fifteen minutes a day reading the Bible, you would get through it in less than a year. Ten to fifteen minutes a day. Right. Um, well, it's the same, like as the example I gave earlier, it would be like walking up to someone like your dad who has spent this happens decades and decades and decades Mm -hmm. studying languages, studying Mm -hmm. texts, uh, Mm -hmm. traveling all over the place. Yeah. Um, studying for specific debates, uh, reading just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and it would be like someone looking Mm -hmm. at the, now I do think 
obviously your dad is super smart. I think that they're there's a temperament there, <laughs> right? At yes, play. yes, of course. <laughs> some of us get it, some of us don't. <laughs> um, but I think it it would be silly to say your dad is just so lucky that he yeah that he mm. man i wish i was like that i had someone say and, to me once oh your dad is james white isn't he like one of those super christians and i was like i laughed because i thought that was a joke like right. what does that what does that mean and then it quickly became clear what it meant was like oh, he knows so much scripture and he's got all this knowledge. Like he's just been, he's just a super Christian. Right. And it's like, no, um, he's got, there's only one Holy Spirit. Right. There was no chance. <laughs> there was no luck. There was not a, though I do think that God makes us differently. Sure. Yeah. And we're unique yeah. from one another. Absolutely. Um, But God didn't, God didn't, give your dad he, the ability like us he's he didn't, not a he top wasn't just tier like, christian There's he wasn't no... just like all right now you know greek no there was no miraculous learning yeah. of the the the, no. the languages and you know no, he did just, he did the work right That's the point. now i do think at a certain point you develop a muscle Oh, for yeah. the work and oh, the yeah. work becomes easier or more efficient or you find a system oh, yeah. to work in that makes things kind of oh yeah move more bet move more efficiently yeah um but that's the only way that happens is from work right even from that's the practice not, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> even <not> the discipline <laughs> is if you want to be disciplined right. in something if you are disciplined in something it's because you did the work to right. become there was no extra special gifting in yeah. self-control or discipline right i think a lot of there's just a lot of um i think blatant antinomianism in terms mm. of people who don't ever want to acknowledge that the talent you've been given is supposed to be used and not buried. Right. And yes. This is, I instantly, when we were talking about this, doing this topic, that's what I instantly thought about was the yeah. talents. Think about the, think about the parable of the talents, the guy that buried it and like hoped for the best and thought like, Ooh, by hiding all I'm this talent. I'm not going to lose any of this investment. Just not going to move. I'm just going to sit, right. I'm sitting on it. It's sitting there and I'm doing nothing with it. Mm -hmm. There's so many Christians that have that mindset um, as opposed to doing what the faithful people did and actually use the talent and had a return on the profit right. and were able to give it back to the Lord. You know, ultimately if all of us want to die in here, like well done, good and faithful mm -hmm. servant, I am not denying that, the only reason any of us are ever going to hear that is because we're covered by the blood of Christ. Yes. Um, question though, is there going to be anything to be said that you did well done? Like, is there anything for the kingdom that you are returning? Um, when Jesus said to go forth and disciple the nations and to teach them, um, did you guys know like discipling and teaching nations is a lot of hard work? Right. right. So it wasn't like go do the work and then maybe you'll get saved. It was since you are saved, since I yeah. have completed this work 
I've completed this work here on earth, on the cross, in your heart. It's done. I'm now going back to the Father. Now, because that is done, now you go forth and you work. Yeah. And we have such rampant antinomianism in the church that the other day, someone that I had a ton of respect for, and I used the past tense purposefully, uh-huh. um, had a beef because Paul Washer had basically said like, hey, if you are not a person of the word, you are burying one of the most valuable things right. yeah. the Lord has given you. And they were like, uh-uh, that's work salvation. <laughs> I just had to laugh because there are Christians in the church who honestly want to make the argument against regular Bible reading because that is a work. Listen, you cannot fulfill the commands of the New Testament and never open your Bible. If you don't know what they are. If you don't know what they are, you can't what are you what are you teaching and discipling the nations into? If you are not a person of the word. Right. The reason there's no Bible verse commanding there's no explicit Bible verse that says read your Bible is because it's assumed. Right. Because the pattern of the Old Testament is like Every time there needed to be a revival, what was given? God's law. Yeah. The word. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus know? Like the back of his hand, the word, how on earth? And then, and that's, that's just where we are as a church is that we honestly, we are so antinomian that we believe telling people you need to be in the word is works righteousness. And what a horrible way to starve God's people and to encourage them away from work that is truly non-negotiable. Like you have to be feeding on the word. Starving Christians are why the world is <laughs> the way that it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it takes, it takes work. My dad doesn't have scripture memorized because he just like, rubbed the Bible right. on his forehead a lot right. and lost all his hair. Right. <laughs> like he did the work. Why can Jeff go out on the street with Mormons and just rattle off? Paul said this here and this done here. It for and decades. Because he He's did practiced the it work. And worked. Yes. Read and <gasps> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's just because everything is like handed us, handed to us and we live in times of feasting, at least, you know, for now and we've grown up a lot of us have grown up and developed a worldview Mm -hmm. in a time that has been really good Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know i think there is a it it used to just be the standard like obedience used to just be the standard even though not everyone was a christian obedience to god Mm mm-hmm was the standard mm-hmm. and now we have this weird pull so when something's hard and seems difficult or like it might require time or repetition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have this little fallback mm-hmm. of uh modern psychology mm-hmm. <laughs> or um w- i mean we just ha- we have this we have this whole worldview that we can fall back on it's like, oh, well, 
I do, I want to do those things, mm-hmm. but I, every time I have to do the work, I don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that must be for some physiological reason, not, it's not due to my apathy or laziness. It is right. due to my anxiety disorder or it's due to the circumstances I was dealt mm-hmm. or, um, sometimes it's the consequences of our sin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things are harder mm-hmm. for us than others. I'm not like some, if someone wants to give a list of why something might be harder for mm-hmm. them than others, I'm not going to say that that's not necessarily true. <laughs> right. Sometimes certain types of obedience and faithfulness is harder yeah, you could be in certain seasons. That's sometimes totally fine. you're just sometimes you're uh, you're in the process of repentance and turning from a sin, mm-hmm. and maybe your best friend doesn't struggle with that sin, mm-hmm. and they just seem to have they just didn't ever get enmeshed in it. So mm-hmm. they're not they don't seem to be doing to have having to do too much work to get right to get out of it right. Um, and we have just, we, again, we've accepted, it's like, okay, what, ex- what can I come up with? What, an- what answer to the solution can I come up with that involves me not doing work? And I think if you do that enough and pass that on generationally, you're going to end up with a society that thinks they have no work to do. And we talked right. about this in the last episode also. Um, and it's, it's, I think there is just a mentality that's like it, this should just look, I got saved. I went up to the front of the church. Someone prayed with me. Mm-hmm. My ticket got punched. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. But that's, that's not that the Bible doesn't say anything. That was the about beginning. That. that was the beginning right. of your <laughs> right. work for the kingdom. Right. And, um, and I, I think we're, we're a little stuck there. Mm-hmm. So how you get unstuck is, uh, well, if you're stuck in a fake reality where no mm-hmm. one's here to do any work other than mm-hmm. enjoyment mm-hmm. Um, and, and just feeling mm-hmm. physical pleasure mm-hmm. forever, um, then you're living in a world that is not the real world. Right. Um, and so I think that there, it's important that we, we confront right. the lies. Right. That we live with all the time, every day. Right. Um, so I'm, what I'm not saying is for you to look in the mirror every morning and tell yourself you're such a big piece of garbage for never, <laughs> never, <laughs> never, I, I can't achieve any of my goals. There's all these things I want to do. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to read my Bible every day. I want my family to eat a certain way. I want my house to look a certain, I want to make this much money. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you need to go, um, that you need to go and, and confront every failure you've ever had every day until you achieve all of your goals. Um, because really the, the, the most, that's required of us every day is that we cheerfully do our work. Yeah. And in obedience, yeah. obediently and cheerfully yeah. do our work. Yeah. Um, so there's not a ton. I do mm-hmm. think some of us need to reevaluate what our goals are and if our goals are being accomplished in obedience and if they're being done. Um, 
how about just not setting any how about setting your goals so low for yourself right that that as just a standard of life i think we think about I know I've totally been guilty of this, but we think about think about your grandmas, your great grandmas or someone, some older person in your life who has this incredible skill that used to be common and isn't anymore. Uh So if you're thinking domestic arts, that could be something like cooking. Yes. um, Sewing, Mm -hmm. quilting, all of these things. We think of them as these extremely difficult skills that are just not obtainable to us. Like grandma just did that. Don't you wish you had been born at a time where they taught you? That's that's again, again, that's you saying that's you looking at the fruit of someone's labor and saying, aren't you lucky to have that? It's like, no, they spent <laughs> so much energy and effort into developing those skills well and it was it was physical and purposeful and practical like if you looked if you could somehow look at their life yeah you could see the actual steps they had to take what you're looking at is the already finished product right it's the difference between wanting something and having it right we think those two things are the same yeah. I want it. So I Therefore, should have it. I should have it. Yeah. But they're different. Yeah. And then when we're confronted. Yeah. With the work that it would take to have it. Yeah. What that it reveals, we have very little discipline yeah. and work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it means that we need to reevaluate what we want. And like I said mm-hmm. a second ago, what we need to be doing is rather simple. And I think that sometimes, um, or we just, how about even just evaluating for the first time yeah, what you want? Yeah. Because I don't, I, I think that a lot of us have not considered that you are already right now building what you're going to have five years from now. Right. Like what you're doing right now is, is determining what your life is going to look like in 10 years. And we don't think that way. Mm-hmm. It is hard as creatures bound by time who can only live in this moment. Right. To sometimes see a trajectory that we're on, but you can pretty much bet that unless you're willing to take steps, what you're doing right now is what you're going to be doing in five years. Yes. If nothing changes, if nothing, nothing will change. If nothing changes. Nothing changes. And we tell ourselves all the time, a couple lies. Number one, oh, well, you know what? If it's going to happen, God will do it. Now that's true, but more often than not, it's an excuse for you not taking any action. Right. Because God will, God moves mm-hmm. and God does things. Um, if you're going to stay on the couch, not much is going to change. Right. And then we also tell ourselves it's just too hard. And it's just not, it's not true. And we're not willing to make the consistent changes over time. I think for some of us our like our stamina is mm-hmm. low. Yeah. So it's not, I guess it's not so much like for some people it is just absence of all discipline, sure. self-control and work ethic. Yeah. But some people don't have, the they have it yeah. for a week. Yeah. And then they're back. Well, it's almost like, well, I didn't see any changes in the week. Right. So, and you know, that's, that's the strength and stamina takes time yes. to develop. That's the news that I have. You guys, 
I've been saying this and it it is so true and it is a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. But I did the math and what I just decided to do last year was be consistent every week for a long period of time to work on my physical health. For to achieve a goal that you set for yourself. Yeah. In the future. Yeah. I decided I want I don't want to be a certain type of way in five years. Yeah. So now. So I have to start now. Yeah. And so I just decided that for six months I would do the same thing every week. And I was like, at the end of six months, which sounded like a long time. It's almost no time at all. Zero time. I said, at the end of six months, I'll reevaluate. Was this worth my time? And at the end of the day, I, I lifted weights for about four hours a week. Four, listen, mm-hmm. you have, I had four hours a week. Yeah. I wanted to believe I didn't. I definitely told myself in the beginning many times, I don't have four hours a week. Mm-hmm. I have kids and I have this and I have that. I found four hours a week, which is less time than many of us spend on social media a day. I had, I spent about four hours a week exercising, which was, works out to about 45 minutes a day, five days a week. Okay. So I found 45 minutes a day, five days a week. And then I probably spent 10 to 15 minutes a day being conscious of what I was eating. Maybe 10 to 15 minutes a day. And over the course of nine months, it improved my, I'm not the same person. But right. like I had to be willing to do that consistently week over week for a long time. What I mean, nine months. Is that really a long time? No. But the moral of the story is I had to do it when no one knew I was doing it. I had to do it when it didn't look like I was doing it. I had to do it when no one noticed. And you didn't want to. And it didn't, and it seemed hard. And it seemed hard and it felt hard. But the deal is, is that if you are willing to put in the work and be consistent, things will change. That's true with any discipline. Mm-hmm. The gym is a great example. Health is a great example because we've all seen it. But I think a lot of times we do. We look at somebody who's lost a ton of weight and become super healthy and we're like, wow, I could never do that. And it's not true. The reason that you have If you're unwilling to change, it is true. Yeah. You could never do that if you were unwilling to change or do any work. But the fact is anyone could do it if they just did it. Right. Um, and yeah, of course, you can make horrible decisions. You know, <laughs> if the change you decide to make today is you're going to gamble online every night, it's going to be a change and it's not going to be great. But um, <laughs> if you decide to make these changes and, you know, even just like what I said with stuff with Bible reading, People make excuses for not being in the word and it's time and it's distraction and it's this and it's that. What it really is, is priority because you do have 10 to 15 minutes a day. Yes, you do. I don't care who you are. You absolutely have 10 to 15 minutes a day. We have audio books. Mm-hmm. We have your screen time on your phone tells me otherwise. Yeah. Um, you could get up 15 minutes earlier than you normally do. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all excuses and at the end of the day you're choosing a you're choosing something hard either way it is it is hard to be a starving christian that hasn't been in the word it's emotionally hard it's spiritually hard it's hard 
Um, and maybe you are in a stage of life where finding 10 to 15 minutes a day or waking up earlier is hard. But at least you're a fed Christian. It's a different version of hard. Right. All the more reason. Yeah. Because you are uh, accounted for and busy working from sunup till sundown. All the more reason for you to be fed. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, it's the same thing with, with anything physical. It's hard to have just to have a constantly sore back and to be overweight and to have no energy. That's hard. Yeah. Um, I think about when I think about paying off debt or just, I mean, even not even just paying off debt, but like getting your finances in order. Uh, It can be hard hard (laughs) to never know where your money is going and feeling like you don't have any money at the end of every month. You're not in control or you're not. And it's hard to cut back and say, we're not buying that. We're ending that subscription. We have to cut our food budget. Both are hard. Both are hard. what result do you want? What do you want to give back to God? You know what I mean? Like I want to give back to God a brain that knows his word. Right. I want to give back to God. I want to leave an inheritance for my children. Yeah. As far as it's up to me, I completely understand that might not entirely be up to me, but as far as it's up to me, I want that to be what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. What, when I die, I want to have left a legacy for my children that as far as it's up to me is going to include being an active mother. Yeah. And again, different seasons. I fully expect, you know, when you guys are hearing this, I could have a baby, right? I'm going to be active in a way that I'm not hopefully a year or two from now. And that's fine. Right. That's not, that's not sinful. Okay. That's fine. But the point is, is am I being faithful with what I have been given. So if you're, if you have certain physical drawbacks or financial drawbacks, whatever they are, are you doing the work or are you making the excuses? And are you, which servant are you being with the talents that you have? Um, I can't, you know, Joanne, I can't answer that for you, but I do think that, the mindset of excuse here's all the reasons why i can't do anything right here's all the reasons why i shouldn't do anything here's all the reasons why it's extra hard for me those are definitely ruining your ability to be faithful with where god has planted you and to grow there well and in many cases you're just living by lies yeah you're not living Mm -hmm in reality mm-hmm. and um and in many cases what we're dealing with is the confrontation of sin mm-hmm. yeah i don't know about you guys but a lot of the what i consider my goals and achievements mm-hmm. the labor the pr- the produce <laughs> that i'm trying to create the fruit mm-hmm. that i'm trying to create mm-hmm. is faithfulness and obedience to mm-hmm. God. And that means that what I'm confronting is sin. And that what means what you're mm-hmm. making excuses for is sin. Mm-hmm. And Christians don't live in their sin. Right. Right. They yeah. don't. Yeah. Laziness and apathy are not fruit of the spirit. No. Uh, the, and at the end of the day, you don't see 
aren't we so, I'm so personally thankful that the apostle Paul wasn't like, you know, Jesus said that he's going to like baptize and disciple the nations. He told us to do that. And so, you know, if he's going to make it happen, I'm just going to stay right here and he's going to make it happen. No, that he is going to physically move me. To where he wants me Unless to go. Unless I am physically picked up. Even though he couch. gave me legs and a very, an intricately designed body okay. to carry this message. <laughs> even though he could instantly yeah. save whoever he wants right now and bring them into a saving knowledge without any of it. Without any of it. Right. Yeah. No, we do that. And I think we, we overcomplicate it too. Some of it is just lack of discipleship. You know, women will right. be like, I want to practice hospitality, but I don't know how. Well, uh, so it's great to talk to women who have been successful yeah. in doing that. There's so many hot tips you can pick up yes. from other older Christian women. Um, and I encourage you to do that. But then the day you are not going to be good at hospitality until you have practiced hospitality and that is a work that actually does take time and it takes effort and it takes energy and it takes intention and it doesn't need to be the most outrageous stressful thing you've ever done but at the end of the day if there's a woman you can think of and you're like wow she's so good at hospitality um the person that you have in your head right now she's been doing it for years right She's been practicing that and for it's, years. And it is a lie that you're telling yourself for you to say, for you to look at the fruit of her labor mm-hmm. and say, man, I wish I was just naturally. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Good at that. Like she yeah. is. Yeah. It's not only a lie about her, mm-hmm. but you're lying to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely a skill. I know very introverted women who are excellent hosts right and it's not because you know their mom just was right it was like this was something that they desired and they pursued and it's a good thing to pursue and i just think we have to change the way that we think about our time and how we utilize it and what we're actually capable of right or what you actually like you were saying what you even want because i think so often you say like oh i want to do this more i want to do this more wouldn't it be cool if this wouldn't it be this and this and it's like, okay, so you can't do all of that today. Right. Um, so is there a sin that you're excusing? That I would say, please take care of that first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and then, uh, yeah. I mean, life seems simpler when you're, cu- when you're handling one thing mm-hmm. instead of dreaming about mm-hmm. accomplishing 50 things. Yeah. And, and though one is smaller than 50 one is actually happening in the real world and not in wouldn't it be nice land. Yeah. Um, And it just, it we're, we're susceptible. We're we're susceptible to setting too many goals for ourselves, for wanting things that we don't actually want Mm -hmm. fleeting, fickle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, That no, that's a big one. Uh, When you're trying to learn something new, I would not recommend to the woman who wants to learn hospitality to start by inviting 35 people and making a home cooked meal. Yeah. You need to think a little bit smaller that and then that and doable and you need to grow into it. And I think my advice a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about how I got from not hardly being able to get out of bed to lifting weights five times a week, 
I started with seven minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And it's true that when I started with seven minutes a day, that was actually hard. But the thing is, is like it wasn't hard after a while. Yeah. I wasn't hard after like a week, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like put in seven minutes a day for a week and the next week you're putting in 15 and it's not long before you're putting in 45. But you're right. Like it has to be doable. You can't. I think a lot of us are like self-styled writers that never write. I think in our head we're like, oh, I have this skill. But you actually never put any like words on the page. And so and here's the thing I think for our generation is I think that we received a lot of affirmation when we were in school. And so we learned that we were good at certain things and we've been wearing that as a badge of honor, though not utilizing it at all. And here's the thing specifically with writing is to be a good writer, you have to write. And to be a good writer, you have to read. And you were doing those things in high school. And that's why you were a good writer and a good reader. That's right. And here we are. How long have you been out of high school? Too long. (laughs) Summer. Like a million years. Is it over 10 years? Is it 15 years? Are we still? Is it 15 years? (laughs) You're 2007, right? Are you serious? Yeah. No, it can't be. (laughs) Don't say that number to me. Well, if we're Has 33, don't, don't, I can't do the math. Is it 15 years? I think it's over 15 years. <laughs> Shut up. 2007? So 2007 is 16 years. It's been 16 years. <laughs> Why did you have to tell me that? I'm sorry. I didn't realize what I was telling you. <laughs> I said 15 and it's actually 16, but (laughs) I was like, well, we know it's 10 because do we know that 2017 (laughs) was 10 years and then three more years gets you to 2020 and then, well, yeah, 15 years. Okay. It's 15 years. (laughs) Well, you know, it was worse than you said 16. What on (laughs) earth? Okay. (laughs) But what I'm saying is I think it's easy for us to, I don't know, maybe it's just how our culture works, like, because of, because of how, like, coming of age works in our culture. Yeah. Um, But it's really easy to keep hanging your hat on these accomplishments from your past, and then you realize, oh, wow, it's been over 10 years that, since I... That was a nicer way to ...have, like, it. really done... <laughs> <laughs> But well, and here's the thing. I know it's nicer, but sometimes if it's if legitimately, if it's been five years, yeah. 10 years, mm-hmm. 15 years that you've been saying you want to do something. Right. Can you please be honest with yourself? You don't want it. You don't want to do it. No. Yeah. Now. And now that here's the thing. If it's about sin and if it's about concealing sin or excusing sin, mm-hmm. you do need to do it. Um, the problem is you don't want to. Yeah. Um, but I think that what, what that requires is just honesty. It requires us to be aware of what's going on in our lives. That means you cannot just be checking out all the time Mm -hmm. and doing and eating and being whatever feels best for you. You need to be 
aware of what you want to accomplish. You need to be aware of Mm -hmm. what your husband wants to accomplish. You Mm -hmm. need to be aware of what you plan on doing and being and, and eating and wearing in five years. Yeah. Um, and it's very easy yeah to say for years and years and years i want i do want this. to do this so you need to be real with yourself there needs yeah. to be a plan you need to be like toby sumter was talking about like how in no mere mortals he talked about how like a husband should relate to his wife with the lights on mm. meaning he needs to be on he mm-hmm. needs to be looking around using his faculties he needs to be living in reality. He needs to be mm-hmm. a human Aware. In, on the planet Earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and and it sounds like silly advice, but yeah. if you are in the habit of excuse making, if you are in the habit of looking at someone's fruit and saying, oh, that was lucky, you might be in the habit of not being a human, a real human on planet Earth. Yeah. You may be operating some different way. You're living in your phone or right. in some other reality. But well, yeah, I mean, that's a really important point. If you've said for 10 years, oh, this is what I want to do. And you've never done it. What you're you don't actually want to do it. Right. Because we all want to do we all do what we want to do. Yeah. We can lie to ourselves. We can think we have a desire. We know we should do certain things, especially when it involves sin. Right. But think about if you're like, I really want to eat lunch. It's not going to be five years before you eat lunch. Right. Because that is something that you genuinely desire. The things that you genuinely desire, you are going to pursue. Right. And we all know that. But I think sometimes we have this idealized idea in our head of like, oh, it'd be so I would love to be a writer. Yeah. Okay. But if you're not taking if you're not putting words on the page, no, you you don't want that. That's not a desire. If you don't write or read, then no. No, you don't. You what you like is you like wanting it. You like yeah, you like the idea. You like imagining yourself as a writer. Yes. Which is very romantic. Who doesn't want to be the mysterious? You sound like a writer, honestly. (laughs) You sound like that mysterious person in the corner of the coffee shop that's full of mystery and cuteness, but you're not actually putting words on the page, so it's something that you need to let go of. Right. And if and if you look at yourself honestly and you say, you know, I've been trying to be healthier. Mm Mm-hmm. For five, I've been saying I want to be healthier for five years, mm-hmm. but I haven't done anything about it. And actually, I've gotten less healthy. It's something to consider. You ha- you you can be honest, mm-hmm. um, and honest, and and the truth, reality, mm-hmm. can be very effective in its exposure mm-hmm. of what you're actually desiring. Right, and so and it can just being on being in being aware of reality being aware of the work that it will take creating an actual plan mm-hmm. um it's not too late mm-hmm. to do all those things in the real world mm-hmm. to actually execute right yeah um it doesn't matter you can say all you want yeah i want to be a writer if you are not writing you are not executing right. anything that has to be done. Right. And if you are like, I want to lose weight and every day you're eating junk food, mm-hmm. 
um, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It, that would be like saying um, that would be like going to like a baking contest and and horribly losing because you made something inedible and being like, but judge. I meant to make the best cake right. here. Right. It's like, well, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't, that you didn't do it. Your goal <laughs> and your dream is not something that is, it's not, it's not here on this real world until you do it. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you meant to bake the best cake on the face of the earth. If you never bothered to learn how to do that and it's not capable for you to execute it. And think about it. This applies. I mean, it would be so ridiculous. No, I've never seen the end of a basketball game where like one of the teams went to the ref and was like, I meant to make that shot. So can you give me the credit? Right. Like, that's not how the world works. Oh, gosh. Are we headed for like unofficial points in professional sports? Perhaps. <laughs> it's like, so the true score was was Perhaps. 45 to 47. But my last little <laughs> my last little piece of encouragement to you is that I I do understand that there are some disciplines that perhaps you desire and you have been pursuing in some way but you just haven't had the real know-how so it's possible that you haven't had the know-how and what I how, what I want to encourage you with is that it is possible to find someone with the know-how. Right. So if you want to be a great baker I'm I'm willing to bet that you could find someone with the know-how, whether that's in real life or on the internet. Yeah. And you can learn from them. And, you know, the reason that I was able to get into exercise last year was that I listened to people with the know-how. Yeah. And instead of making excuses or being like, that's too hard, I took the know-how advice and I did that. And so... If you want to be a writer and you just don't know how, there are people who can, you can, you can gain that knowledge. So I'm not denying, of course, we're not denying that there are times where maybe you want to pursue something, but you don't know how. If you, if, if that's been true for five years, I'm still going to say no, because for whatever reason, you haven't been humble enough right. to ask, Yeah, which is not a good sign. Yes. Um, because I get on the internet every day and I'm blown away by the things people have been able to learn how to do. Make. Because they yeah. wanted to. I mean, I just watched a video the other day of this chick who like bought this old broken down house. She'd never done any kind of remodeling right. in her life. And she bought this hideous old house. And she, with her two hands and YouTube videos, learned how to build things mm -hmm. and make them beautiful. She wanted to. Right. And then she found people with know-how and then she did it. And that that is that blows my mind. That's not me. I'm not doing that. Right. But not everyone the, has to not everybody has to do that. Build a house. But the moral of the story <laughs> is you're you're going to do what you want to do you are going to make time right. for what you want to make time you're for. already doing it you're doing it right this second and uh you you need to stop telling yourself that well whatever whatever it is an excuse i can't yeah god's in my way or he'll pluck me up off the couch or whatever if you stop making if you stop making excuses um it's amazing you what you'll do you will be if you are a Christian and you stop making excuses, especially for your sin, you will 
be confronted with what is important Mm -hmm. for you to uh, tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You, your work will become incredibly clear to you Mm -hmm. if you stop making excuses Mm -hmm. and imagining the day away about, wouldn't Mm -hmm. it be great if I had, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what if I just had 20,000 extra dollars? (laughs) What if I like, yeah, I I'm a proponent of imagination. Yeah. But not of excuse making. (laughs) And this is somewhat like I'm a millennial. We're both, we both basically have unaccredited. (laughs) All millennials have (laughs) unaccredited uh, degrees Uh in, (laughs) Uh in underachieving. Oh yeah. Oh man. (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) All the things that we can get away with not doing as a regular course of life and still believing that we're beautiful, hardworking butterflies because our English teacher told us so. Yes. Oh, it's absolutely horrible. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) Okay. We should stop there. All right. You can uh, leave us a voicemail. (laughs) 470-465- 0475 and we will see you all next week you're a part-time lover and a full-time friend the monkey on your back is the latest trend i don't see what anyone can see in anyone else but i'll kiss you. you on the brain in the shadow of the train kiss you all starry-eyed my body swinging from side to side i don't see what anyone can see in anyone else